Want that can't-stop-won't-stop latest and greatest reigning champ of internet speed? Well, look no further than AT&B. We've got the fastest high-speed internet nationwide. Take your gaming to the next level. Pwn noobs? Then perform lewd sexual acts on their recently deceased corpse while yelling racial slurs like never before. Want to catch up with friends and family on social media? How about creating a brand new identity and engaging strangers under false pretenses to satisfy a new undefined yet oddly specific yearning instead? And let the world know your staunch patriotic political views on the comments section of a baby monitor product review site, all at lightning fast speeds. And now by popular demand, we've made accessing the dark web easier than ever. With just one click, you'll be browsing for a hitman to take care of that pesky husband and selling his organs to the highest bidder. Mmm, bon appetit. For whatever you're into, AT&B High Speed Internet has you covered. performance of Time Mule Mike will be performed by his understudy, Crystal Time. Also, if you are the owner of a 1996 Toyota Corolla, your car is currently being towed. Not because you broke any rules, you just parked like an asshole. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Now Showing. I'm Gabe. I'm Mike. And wait, uh, I'm Jason, but hold on a second. Mike. Uh, you both look and sound different to me. Is it I my know. internet? Is it my internet again? <laughs> no, I just look and sound much better. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I will not push the issue. I've learned one thing on this show to not push the issue. Well, we're going to be pushing all sorts of boundaries today. <laughs> now that we've watched Waterworld. <laughs> all right. Welcome back to Now Showing. This month's episode is, uh, if you haven't already seen it on our social media, it is 1995's Waterworld starring Kevin Costner. Uh and today's pick is actually Mike's pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, could yeah. you tell us why you uh, picked this movie? Well, I always wanted to watch the film that they made based on the Universal Studios show. Uh, 
And I'm a big fan of Bob Odenkirk, so I was really excited for this. Wait, why? Why? What does Bob Odenkirk have to do with this movie? <laughs> well, he stars in it. Oh my god, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, he looks exactly like Kevin Costner to me. <laughs> uh, so, first thoughts. I mean, oh boy, this is a lot to unpack. <laughs> uh, but I mean, if you have, don't know anything about this movie, it's basically just Mad Max, but on the water, like exactly like Mad Max with Kevin Costner as the lead. And oh, man, like and Kevin Costner, if I'm not mistaken, his name in the film, his character's name is Bull Durham. Is that correct? Yes. <laughs> yes, that is correct. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the IMDb trivia right now. Uh, so I, I don't know how you two feel about Kevin Costner. I am not a fan of, I'm not a fan of him. He thinks he's so cool. And this, like in this movie, like when he's doing like the flips and stuff and like <laughs> pretending to be a badass and stuff, I just was really rolling my eyes, but I just think like, I, I think especially during that time, he was, he was actually like the biggest, like. Box. He was a big box office draw. Like you know, he, I, I he did was very successful, but it, it definitely went to his head. <laughs> this movie probably slowed down his draw. I think this yeah, was a, this, this was a kind of an abject failure. Um, yeah, this and then uh, the postman was nailing the coffin for his. He's career. back now, though. He you know he's in things he does, that yeah. a lot of people watch now. He does well, a lot of sports movies. I saw this movie. Um, <laughs> when I was a kid, uh, kind of probably around the time when it came out, um, there were two video stores in my town. Um, I can't remember which one, but I will name both of the video stores because they both have very boring names. <laughs> so one was called Entertainment Enterprises. That was the one that, that, was the one oh that we God. went to the most. And the guy that worked there, um, really nice guy, but he would... <laughs> He would, you would be able to ask him questions about any of the movies there. And you think, well, how does he have time to watch all this stuff? He would, uh, when he got the VHS tapes in, brand new, he'd pop them in and he would watch the entire movie in fast forward. Just so he just, so he would just do his homework. What? Just so someone said, like, is there like violence in it? Is it oh. what, or just like, what genre is it? He would just speed through the thing and then have it. He told me that one time. The other place um, we would go to was called um, SNS Video Express. That, oh, that one, that bad. name's a little more fun, kinky. but it, it, just, <laughs> it sounds like some weird fake company, you know? There's a lot of alliteration going on, though, in this yes. town. It was, it was that, this, we're talking the mid to late 90s, and alliteration was all the rage. <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, I have only now seen the film. And I personally thought it was pretty freaking amazing. It was a bad movie, but it was uh -huh. wonderful. I don't have any ties to uh, Kevin Costner at all. Like, I realized, I, I felt like I had seen him in a 20 different movies, and then I tried to remember a movie that I had actually seen him <laughs> in, and I was like, I don't think I've ever actually seen him in anything ever. You just know, you just know the like the posters or something maybe like yeah. you've, you've seen like tin cup you know and like dances yeah. with wolves 
Yeah, and you, and you probably have an idea of you probably know what you probably know the movies if you just shut your eyes. You probably yeah. your guess would be as good as I know, know exactly. I know exactly who he is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, whenever I see him, I just see Bob Odenkirk's face, and I just kind of convince <laughs> myself that it's is Bob Odenkirk. Well, you know, we we didn't get Bob Odenkirk in the film for real, but we did get Jack Black. Jack Black's in this. I, I had to point it out to Mike when we watched it. I was like, did you, who's, did you see who the uh, pilot is? And I was just like, don't wake me. <laughs> no, I actually saw the movie uh, in Fast Forward, funnily enough. So. No, um, I just want to talk about uh, his gills because it is like Mad Max. It's very Mad Maxy, And somehow they managed to be dry on water. <laughs> <laughs> but I, he has gills and it's never substantiated. Like the whole thing, they basically were like, we need to find a reason that he doesn't want to be on land at the end because we need to have some sort of separation that's going to cause this like heart tug where it's a bittersweet ending. And they're like, I know <laughs> he's a fish man. But I kind of was watching this movie, and I have a theory that he started as a fish. <laughs> like he and he's becoming a man. a man. Yeah. All right, I like it. <laughs> I like that theory too. They um, literally never talk about it, so they don't tell you otherwise. I like that you began with um, "This is amazing," but it's a horrible movie. <laughs> I was thinking about it. I was watching this movie, and it took me. Um, I think four sittings to make my way through it. I would just go, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'd stop. And then I'd, you know, go, you know, you know, I got, I got to keep going. But, but, but I, but I was thinking though, I'm thinking this movie has taken such a, like a beating over the years that I feel like I'm not going to say anything like too harsh about it. Like the the pounding has already taken place, you know. Let let the healing begin. <laughs> I want to try to talk about it without just saying like, "Fuck like Kevin so Costner." Shitty. And <laughs> like, uh, like you saying, like, yeah, it, it's it is amazing. It, it's a if nothing else, it's like fascinating. <laughs> this yeah. is a very fascinating movie because like this was like a triple A movie that came out in, like 1995. Uh, it, it flopped. But, like, another thing is, is like, they really, like, this was a big swing. And they swung for the fences on, like, like dialogue, set design. It was, it's really kind of, you know, like, it's not the best movie. It's, but it's, like, not the worst thing I've ever seen, you know? Like, it's, like, one of the worst things a movie can be is boring. Oh. And I feel like. I feel like maybe there's like one or two scenes you're like, okay, this is, that was kind of interesting. <laughs> but like the problem with this movie is like, unfortunately, it's just kind of like, I don't really, I'm not really invested. It's that flat. Much. It, ha- it has a Very flatness flat. to it. And, oh, and, oh man. And one thing I'll say that, and I think I'm going to kind of give this a compliment, but it's going to be an insult at the same time. It's, <laughs> it's not, no, it's not backhanded, but they really committed to this thing in the movie where they're trying to say like, <laughs> Waterworld sucks. Like the be- the place is awful. It's mm. drab. It's so depressing. You're not living when you're there. You're just surviving. And the color palette for 
water world the place is just beige everything's kind of beige it, it, and because and you realize this very in the early uh, one of the early scenes in the movie where this guy is like holding a couple uh, limes or something in his hand mm-hmm. and the the limes the uh, the green of those limes it's- just stand out so much and then they're gone and then you and then you then you, you go well there's no color until you know folks if you know if you want to hit pause and watch the movie <laughs> they get off waterworld and they find land it's very lush and so you really when they get to that lush uh place there wherever they are after they do that hot air balloon ride oh my it's, god it's it's just so euphoric it's just so gorgeous like you you in the, but then you realize well the last two hours I've been watching like the most drab, depressing backdrop, you know, you can possibly see. But um, then there's, but then the ocean's there. But the ocean doesn't look beautiful in it. I don't, I don't think. No, I think, really. I think you're right. I, I do think, man, I didn't know I was going to take this position, but I'm going to advocate <laughs> for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like, it is supposed to be drab and now I'm just realizing like the fact that they were able to still have like this sandy drabness when they're literally on like the bluest ocean I've ever seen is kind of amazing well yeah and that's that's kind of my point like the commitment to that is astounding and it's the way you should feel when you're there right yeah but as a audience member you know, you want the visuals to kind of like grab you in some way, and because it's just so one note, like it kind of all blends in, and you're you're just mm. like, man, I would love to see like red. I <laughs> 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 miss red. I, man, was, I really would love to see some red right now. <laughs> I was I was very like I was thoroughly entertained. I think by the movie, um, I have a very but I have a very strange relationship with this movie without ever having seen it because um so my first exposure to Waterworld was the <laughs> live show at Universal Studios Hollywood and you, I don't know if well Gabe I know you've seen it I don't know if you've seen I've it. seen it Jason. I haven't yeah Jason have you seen it oh, yeah I no I've never been Best it's almost legendary to like life. people who go to Universal Studios because it's been there for so it's still it's there great. I think my, so my we had an annual like family pass for many years and it was always like back to the future the ride and Waterworld were the two things that I absolutely had to do and all I knew was the show and we would go like three like at least three times a year to see Waterworld for like at least five years <laughs> of my life so I knew everything and I, I was like, oh, this is who that person in the stage show is <laughs> when I was watching the movie. Um, and I I actually didn't know that Waterworld was a flop. Everybody talked about it so much and the live show was so spectacular that I just assumed it was like an amazing blockbuster hit like Jurassic Park or something. Yeah, I wonder why it survived so long at Universal if people uh, universally didn't like it. <laughs> I, I think it's because like, A, it's water. So like you have this big tank and like, it, it like cools down an audience. 
mm-hmm. like you know because there's like a splash zone so like you kind of want that as an amusement park but it's just like it's a lot of money spent for, especially for something that people still go to anyways regardless of what the show really is and it's like you can't really replace the what other water themed thing that came out recently that you could really replace it with that universal has or you probably just put, like make a fast and the furious on Ugh. water show or something like that <laughs> but you know it's just like if people still keep going like if it ain't broke don't fix it basically that's pretty much the Wouldn't whole reason cool still there if, i've never seen any of the fast and the furious movies but it would be kind of funny if they did one where like the premise is that they they, they're driving underwater and like Vin Diesel's <laughs> like hey do you see that fucking mermaid you know <laughs> well yeah I kept My thinking God. of like of crossovers I was mm. like wouldn't it be cool if the end of this when he goes on land is like the start of Dances with Wolves <laughs> or <laughs> yeah. or like what if the two eels from the little mermaid just showed up like right now I just kept thinking about that and I thought it would have been lots of lost opportunities there for Waterworld but I will say about the plants, I love how they spent all this money going to Hawaii to film this. And they literally have like the cheapest plants ever. <laughs> They're so fake. And they, they, look they went so to Ikea and, and just bought some plastic plants yeah. and slapped them everywhere. Or like home goods, but like in the discount section. It was really, really <laughs> bad. Um, Scratch and dent. But I wonder how much of that was like... Uh, hd stuff i don't know well i mean the hd version you're gonna see is what the print was gonna look like if you saw it mm. like, like, yeah you know the, the cleanest print oh yeah then it's not good <laughs> I, I was thinking about this we're, t- we're talking about universal and i think that maybe the coolest part of this whole movie is the pre-credits sequence because you know the they have the um the universal logo yeah. spin mm-hmm. and then they slowly yeah, that zoom was into it and you're going, wait, I've never seen this before. <laughs> and then, you know, then, you know, you're just in the water of the universal globe. You're in water world. I really like the, the man in the movie who had like the, who clearly had the monopoly on shampoo and conditioner, the one who had the very beautiful hair <laughs> there, the entire there was time. There some really yes. nice hair in this movie. Well, like, everybody so nice. had... Like, I wrote even down... when it was, like, kind of dirty, it was like, that's still a nice head of hair. <laughs> I, I wrote down this thing um, because there's a little kid in the movie, and their... I noticed their hair was just kind of changing really drastically between scenes or even just moments like like and, and, I, and then i said and i was thinking well okay that's a lot of wigs for this kid <laughs> and then i thought how do i get into making wigs but specifically for children because <laughs> that seems like <laughs> a great job is that, that's in your notes it's like wigs children question mark well no yeah. well that's close i just wrote wigs for children no, no, no <laughs> punctuation no you know that is one thing that like there were so many times where I got distracted by like things in the background or things people were wearing, like, like that guy, I'm pretty sure someone was wearing a colander on their head and um, (laughs) Kevin Costner had the shell earring and it was only like on one ear. So it was cool. And then he had like fringes on his uh, vest, which I think we're supposed to believe that he made. 
and it was like that's uh, a dancing with, with wolves yeah well it was a it, maybe he, maybe the guy from dances with wolves evolved into a fish man <laughs> oh my gosh and then the this is the de-evolution of the fish yeah but and the then he, fact... he he comes out of the water and becomes a washed up baseball player oh my gosh maybe he's connected. just making this it's just his career his movie. career is he made a statement like i'm gonna be the same guy you know it's, it's one long movie oh God, let's do it you know what's really I, weird no i'm not doing it's really weird mike mike has been texting gabe and i but i haven't seen oh, you weird I, mean, well, I, don't, he, I, don't, I don't want to focus on that though this you is, can't talking, see my hands water world. <laughs> you can't another, see my hands i've been i've been texting okay. another thing about this movie it's like it's it's very goofy like it's like there's like and i i believe like at times it's intentionally goofy like you, even like the stuff with uh Dennis yeah. Hopper. Yeah, I was like, like yeah. Dennis Hopper is is comic relief. I think. Yeah, he's like like which I was not expecting because I I've seen this movie like a long long time ago. I remember him like doing a pretty good job at being a villain, but like he was just like he, he was like a straight up like comedy like almost like a villain from I don't know like a Marx Brothers movie. <laughs> like Roger Rabbit. Like Roger. And he oh, looked man, like no, him. Because <laughs> the Roger, yeah, the villains of Roger Rabbit was like scary. Like he was just like a straight up like oh, comedy. Yeah, he was funny. He was funny. And there was a, so the movie movie has the music you would expect from uh, something from that time, right? Amazing Orchest- music, orchestral score. Yeah, really, really so good. Really cool. But the one time they stray from it, oh my god, they, they play the we... the Peter Gunn theme. <laughs> it just this does not fit at all. It was like, what? what we, my gosh it fit um so perfectly i was like you know what this is like this is if this man were a song it would be this that's the song but overall to have strings and then all of a sudden you know twangy 60s electric guitar so weird it was so apparent yeah like it stood out so much but i it made me very happy and i just felt filled with joy at the moment um he i it's amazing seeing him in the role because i know he's a good actor even though he's also one of those actors where i feel like i haven't seen a ton with them in but whenever i've just heard his name i'm like yes that is a good actor he was so (laughs) good in it and i felt like it was almost one of those performances where like everybody else just wasn't as good (laughs) and it kind of just highlighted that he was so good and i don't like Kevin Costner really that I was kind of rooting for whatever he wanted to do right? to happen. He, he was just like especially like, kill the kid. I think yeah. that yeah. I think I'm for that. Yeah. No, especially because Kevin Costner is such like a terrible guy for like most of the movie. Like he's like a kind of like abusing women and like children and like really like being violent with them that you don't really I, I never really got on his side and like you know when you see like I mean Dennis Hopper's character is not a, a great person either but he makes you laugh. <laughs> right. And and the whole thing with him um, not being cool to uh, Gene Triplehorn and the kid, there's mm-hmm. when the kid gets taken away, the kid's always saying things to Dennis Hopper like, oh, you're making a big mistake because uh, 
whatever his name is, Kevin Costner's character is going to come. You don't want to mess. You're in trouble, buddy. He's a great dude. And it's like, he was nice to you for like an afternoon. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then and then all of a sudden, he's your best friend. I, I didn't really get yeah. that development so much. Like he taught you to swim for like 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and like in real time, too. Because that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. really long. And for some reason, someone pressed the stopwatch at that moment and just watched the time go. <laughs> I just uh, wanted it to like, uh, zoom in on the woman's <laughs> face like right up her nose i was like my yeah. god what are, we, what are we watching but so dennis hopper also like toward the end when he actually went on his like really weird giant <laughs> exxon mobile like or exxon boat uh you see that he's got like a whole community of people and he's like i'm gonna get you to dry land and you're like wait a second is he like the good person in this because he's promising so many more people to get them to drive land than Kevin Costner like ever would. And he, he, was, has, he like, probably has the ability to do it because he has a vehicle. Yeah, and Kevin Costner was like, I'm not taking you two to dry land. But Dennis <laughs> Hopper's like, I will take all of my people to dry land no matter what it takes. And yeah, I don't know. I felt like I was very torn uh, morally. <laughs> you know what I'm realizing doesn't make any sense? <laughs> so... You know that Kevin Costner doesn't like being at Waterworld, right? But yet right. he chooses to go back. It's like, dude, you can live on dry land, but just live <laughs> on on the edge of it so you can still have the water. You can have oh, both. Just, you can you can have both things, dude. We thought the same exact thing. Yeah. Well, I was I was just like, or like, just come visit, like every once in a while, just have them meet you out on your boat if you really I, can't stand land for like even a few seconds, just be like hey like that penguin I'm, who visits that man in argentina oh i love that yeah. story <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that whole ending was like let's set up for a sequel now like he's off to his next event adventure did you guys know that there is a um another cut of this movie oh yeah yeah called the um what is it called the uh, ulysses cut which yeah. apparently ties a lot of things together um i don't know if i if i need that no, we actively I'm avoided that about it. version. Yeah. Um, the um, what I will say though that does make me a little bit curious about it, but I don't think it will fulfill this. Is that I felt like Waterworld, like the theme was so big, and it was trying to have like all these really big concepts, and then just throwing these small things in there that never got explained, like okay, are those her parents are on the island and she has a map? Why does he have gills? Are there other gill people? Are the, they... The, the, the parents, I, I read, are uh, explained in the Ulysses cut. Okay. Skeletons are her parents. Okay. That you see early in the movie. That's all I really know. Um, right, but was... then how did she get to Waterworld? <laughs> That's a huge That's... thing to ask. <laughs> Imagine if they took the time to really make this a cautionary tale as well. I think yeah. that would have, that would I mean, they, they kind of allude to it a little bit. They, they, they do. Cause you know, they, they have that weird, like, uh, was it Joe Hazel? What's his name? Joe Hazelwood. Not, uh, drop in there. Remember that? Yeah. And, and I mean, am I mistaken that that guy looked just like Kevin Costner? Oh, but I, I might be wrong. <laughs> I guess it does. I might have just had like Kevin Costner itis from uh, living in that yeah. space for so long. For um, those who don't know, Joe Hazelwood was the guy who was uh, part of the 
1989 oil spill from Exxon. Oh, and, okay, okay. So it's yeah, probably... no, oh, we, yeah, that's a real up. guy, and and the uh, the ship that they're on was his ship. So it it also has like a, an environmental message uh, attached to Waterworld. Oh, ever so slightly. I, I want to give it up for Waterworld um, on one more respect here. There's a lot of really long action sequences in this movie, and maybe because I, maybe because of my age, because um, you know I'm uh, years old. <laughs> I I can't handle CGI, like I, I when I, and I, it's also has something to do with my. Um, like the way I have to watch a movie, if I if I have to kind of like really, like, get immersed in it, and as soon as I see CGI, I get pulled out and I go, that's not really the person jumping over that bridge, and I I, I kind of like I lose focus, and there's so many crazy cool stunts in this that are just done by really good stunt workers and just things they figured out how to do practically. I mean, I'm sure this is that there's some CGI in this because of the timing well, the, of it. The balloon was definitely the balloon. CGI. The balloon was <laughs> the sea monster, the sea mm. monster that he hunted. Um, I, I agree though. I feel like, I mean, I really, uh, Gabe can attest to this. Um, as everybody knows, Gabe and Mike live together. Um, <laughs> well, we all do. We have, we have a, yeah, we have a big, uh, we're like the Beatles. We have a yurt. From, yeah. uh, <laughs> we, all, we all, we all have our own entrances, but it leads into the same place. <laughs> it's just one room with three doors. Yeah. Um, we, so yeah, I love action movies and I really love the way nineties action movies are put together because there isn't that much CGI and it because even if it's obvious that they are stunt doubles, it doesn't really kill it for me because there's still action going on. And they did used to be longer. Um, mm -hmm. And the way they're cut now is so like, like Batman Begins, where it's just like a like a point one second cut just put together with a bunch of them where you just see flashes and like streaks of people's arms and things but i kind of feel like uh like they say comedy lives in a wide shot i kind of feel that way for action too i was gonna say the same thing because with with a comedic scene and with a action scene there's a there's a tension so if you're living in that moment so someone i'll use the the example again of someone like jumping over uh, off a bridge onto another building like if you see it all in one motion, there's your brain's going like, are they going to make it? Or, you know, you feel the danger in it. But if it's, if it's cut a million times, it, there's no real drama to it. It's yeah. I mean, it, like it's, it, you could do it in a way it's like a stylistic choice, but often you, you kind of lose, like you lose any sense that something could go wrong or that you're, someone's you're performing less, the, the thing. Yeah. You're less of an action movie. I think if you do that, you, 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 like you said, like you've become more stylistic, which isn't bad, but if you're trying to make an action movie, like just give us what <laughs> we want. <laughs> um, and we want just, I guess, I guess Kevin Costner. Just diving <laughs> less up. talk. <laughs> less, less talk, talk more, more rock. rock. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, I think that's kind of a, a good way to kind of start to um, 
land, or actually, we'll say we'll, we'll dock this this ship we're on right now. Uh, I, I just have I just have one more thing. I, I have one that. I have one tiny thing too. So we we can all we can go around here. Okay, just real quick. Is it just me, or do they try to make the little girl ethnically ambiguous? Oh, I think that's she, the point. That's the case for everybody on Waterworld. But like, like everybody had like a sunburn or like had a lot of sun on, but she was like a little darker and she had the dreadlocks. And I was thinking that maybe they were trying to make it seem like she was like, just like not white. Well, I, I, I have a theory. White. I have a theory about this. I feel like they would do that today more so back then, but I think oh, really? it might be that she's from dry land. And I think that might've been a call to that is like, looks as opposed to these people who are sunburned, this mm. child is caked in dirt <laughs> and, and it's a slight like symbolic foreshadow of something later. That's what I think. Mm. For Waterworld 2. <laughs> Mike, uh, Mike, Mike, what's your, um, your closing remark? Well, we haven't talked about the Doc Brown character slash uh, the guy with the air balloon in The Mummy Returns. <laughs> that's, that's true. Um, because he's basically those two people uh, combined. Un- un- <laughs> There's There seems to be a trope of like jolly men in balloons <laughs> in like a dirty world that comes down and saves you at the last minute. But the reason that they that they didn't save you in the first place was because they messed up somehow. But then they're like, oh, I finally got it to work. Yeah, when <laughs> he was flying away, he's like, I didn't mean to do it. Yeah. <laughs> also, well, talking, bye, about, <laughs> talking about saving people at the last minute, we didn't talk about the, the bungee jump rescue. Oh, my God. I end. drew it. It was so intense. <laughs> that's my God. my that... favorite. That's the best thing that's ever happened anywhere, that, not just in cinema. That, as soon as I saw him grab a rope, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. This is the 90s. <laughs> he's definitely going to bungee jump. And he's going to catch that girl. And there's going to be a huge explosion. It was so and that's good. that's the end of the movie. They were going to ex- smash into each other regardless of yeah. what they did. Which is... They were going to kill her and yeah, themselves. Just... They should have made one more move that he his act made them crash. But they were going to just all crash together with the girl in the middle. Um, that was very funny. The thing I want to just bring up is it's a really short point, but a very powerful one mm-hmm. is that um, there were a lot of unnecessary somersaults in this movie. Oh, yeah. So unnecessary. See, I think they were all necessary. This is a <laughs> somersault one. movie. This is in, in a the Uli- feel good water world movie. It, it makes a lot more sense in the Ulysses cut. Oh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a backstory to it. He was a there's former gymnast. There's a backstory gymnast. to all of it. Yeah. That's that's the siren song for the great whale beast that he hunts. <laughs> All right. So, Mike, would you recommend this movie? Oh, absolutely. Take your kids to see it and don't trust anyone over 30. Okay. <laughs> Jason. I will say no. Um life's life's too short. But if you were if you, you know, are on a podcast and want something fun to talk about, I would say go out and see it because it, it it, it, it makes for a good segment. <laughs> and I would say, you know, it's it's if you want like a blast from the past, something like really nostalgic, especially from the 90s, this is right up your alley. <laughs> but I, I don't know. If, 
yeah, it's just like a 90s action movie. It's exactly what it is. <laughs> but I would like to add a bonus uh, recommendation. Come on down to Universal Studios Hollywood and see the live show. <laughs> if you want the best version of Waterworld, that's where you're going to get it. And sit in the splash zone. <laughs> and it's only like 20 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Nothing's free in Waterworld. Time. Hey, do you two uh, want to play a game? Of course. Yeah. So you know when you watch like uh, movie trailers and, for example, if it's about like an American doing kung fu and it's like a comedy that would play like everybody was kung fu fighting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a very obvious song for a movie trailer. I I I made a game based around that. Ooh. Ooh. So this is how the game works. I have one song and three movies you need to guess which of these three movies did not use the song <laughs> is in question fantastic do you understand the game it it did not it did not use the song it, it, it showed the restraint <laughs> okay. not use the super obvious song in their trailer let's do Got it. it do it here we go okay are you two familiar with the song under pressure yes Amazing song, Queen, David Bowie. Uh, it has been used in a lot of movie trailers. <laughs> it's mostly used to show uh, white men in crisis. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I have noticed. So, these are your three choices. Has this song been used in the trailer for Adaptation, 40 Days and 40 Nights, or Ed TV? I will give you a brief description of a movie if you don't don't know what the movie is. I know all three. I don't know Forty Days and Forty Nights. So Forty Days and Forty Nights is a Josh Hartnett movie where he gets up gives up sex for oh, Jesus. Say Lent. no more. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Mike, Mike, would you like to go first this round? Um, I think I don't think adaptation used it. Oh, okay. Very interesting. I Jason. I was kind of leaning that same way because it's the coolest of the th- the movies and maybe they would do something ma- a little more esoteric or but i don't want to guess the same as mike well but now i don't think that's it <laughs> you can unlock your answer if you want to what were the other two it was 40 days and 40 night and ed tv i'm gonna go with ed tv well that's locked jason i'm gonna go i'm just gonna go 40 days and 40 nights because i think it's it's a fun choice so the movie trailer that did not use the song under pressure is ed tv (laughs) so mike you get one point Hmm. see because then i thought that maybe adaptation used it ironically i think they did no they did not use it ironically (laughs) oh god all right never mind you should watch the trailer all right it is the martin scorsese round so martin scorsese is famously a huge fan of the rolling stones (laughs) so much so that the song gimme shelter Shows up in two of his movie trailers. Which one of these three Martin Scorsese movies does not use the song Give Me Shelter? Is it Casino, Bringing Out the Dead, or The Departed? I think it's Casino. I'm going to say Bringing Out the Dead. Bringing out the Dead. All right. So, Give Me Shelter was not used in the movie trailer for Bringing Out the Dead. But instead they used Be My Baby by the Ronettes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it, there was a lot of a lot of weird songs in that one, but uh, 
All right, so we have a tie, and I have a tiebreaker. Oh, okay, this round is going to be a little bit different, okay? Mm -hmm. The movie Mystery Men <gasps> oh, I love it. uses many songs in its trailer. What I need you to guess is which song was not used in the trailer. Okay. All Star by Smash Mouth. <laughs> Disco Inferno. <laughs> or Play That Funky Music White Boy. Play That Funky Music White Boy. That's a good guess. Um, I'm going to go with All Star because I feel like it lines up too perfectly with when the movie came out. and. You know, a funny thing is, I actually think that song debuted in mystery men <laughs> it was written for the movie Son it was written bitch. for the movie that was a dead giveaway so <laughs> the movie they did not use was play that fucking music white boy so mike you win bad trailer game i don't know what to call this game <laughs> mike always I put in a wins. lot of work i will uh have to remove my disguise in order to celebrate <laughs> <laughs> If you mix cross-ply and radial tires on the same axle, or use cross-ply on the rear when you've radials on the front, you might not live to regret it. Cross-ply and radial tires. Check how you mix them. Well, here we are again in this comfortable, warm place safe place one question looms on my mind um what did we learn today well let me just say that was your best <laughs> intro to this segment yet thank you very confident very cool agree but i i actually just learned something um moments ago you know <laughs> in this call that we're having i learned that gavin rosdale <laughs> <laughs> is a known cheater at both basketball yeah. and Monopoly. It's, it was all over the tabloids. I think that he doesn't have the talent. He doesn't have the talent to win playing it, playing it fair. He has to cheat. Yeah, that's. He's a scoundrel. That's true. And I learned that the trailer for Mystery Men uses two tracks from the Army of Darkness score. Oh. I don't know why they did that. And they are. I don't know the names of it, but it's like uh, oh, the in not the like instrumental music. Yeah, the instrumental music. Oh. They're probably really strange. Probably a fan. I think they just knew it wasn't well-known music, and they were just like, "This is fine." They'll be hearing from our lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> Mule Time and Associates—that's who represents us. Wow, <laughs> I love that. Mike, you uh, want to say a few words? What did I learn today? You jauntily ask. Well, I will gladly accept this generous task. I learned that in the water blue, there rides a mariner with steely blue eyes and a bad attitude. A fatherly bond is the cure. A great head of hair and a missing eye seek to destroy all they can. But there in the depths with gills and webbed feet swims a man with a plan. He is terribly abusive, but yet so elusive with so much trauma <laughs> at play. But is he really going to let that get in the way of this movie ending in a three-way jet sea explosion? No way. That's what I learned. That's some powerful stuff. Very powerful stuff.
I feel like if we were in uh, Greenwich Village circa 1962 and that was right on stage, you would be greeted with... <laughs> well, on that note, uh, thank you everybody for listening and goodbye. Smell you later. Goodbye. <laughs>